Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is The Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up for the Welcome to in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you as we're going to be joined by our good friend over at the game day. That would be Matt Williams in segment number two. He's going to be taking a look at some of the things that he's been looking at with regards to the player prop market, some of the things that have been standing out to him, the race that we are seeing out there in the AL West, and the team that he has been evaluating that has been... Going down the toilet bowl as well, we're also going to be checking out these six games that we've got on the MLB card for this Thursday. A little bit of a short slate, but in my opinion, a pretty good slate in the final segment. Going to get you guys picks and analysis on all six games that we do have for this baseball Thursday as we do touch them all. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at jaden underscore e one Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Them from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but got a little bit of cleanup from the slate on Tuesday, and we saw a pretty nice Wednesday card as well. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Now, because the Greg Peterson experience is from midnight to three Eastern time. Pacific time. That would be 9 to midnight. Do have to do this a little bit more in advance. We did see the Seattle Manors on Tuesday be able to clean things up, get the job done against the Kansas City Royals by kind of 10 day. By the way, for those that are wondering, typically I record these recaps with days in which I host right around about 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So this was one that was hanging in the balance and the Mariners were able to get the win on Tuesday with them being able to come up with a very clutch hit in the 10th inning off of Ty France. They had blown a three-run lead previously, but they get it done being able to knife into that bullpen. And then the game, as I am doing it for Wednesday, still hanging in the balance. They're currently up by a count of 4-3. to three. Royals, by the way, really been scoring some runs this week. Cassio has given up three runs over the course of five innings. Cal Raleigh, he stays hot, goes deep off of James MacArthur, the opener for his 21st home run season. MacArthur, the opener, gives up three runs in an inning and now has a 15-43 ERA. 
When your ERA is hanging around the year in which the Gutenberg Press was invented, you know that things are not going well for you. And Alec Marsh from there has actually looked halfway decent, giving up one run over the course of four innings. So that'll be a little bit of cleanup on the podcast tomorrow. We saw the Arizona Diamondbacks on Tuesday be able to get it done by a count of 8-5 to five as... For the Colorado Rockies, it has been a rough situation for them as Joe Mantiply, the opener, he was able to go for a scoreless inning from there. Yeah, Tyler Gilbert gave up a run in one and two-thirds innings. Bryce Jarvis was able to go for three innings, gave up a run. Luis Frias, he gave up the bulk of the runs. Three runs in one and a third innings going deep. Brenton Doyle is eighth home run season. From there, the Diamondbacks sewed things up. Kevin Ginkle, Paul Sewald, both landed scoreless inning in for Colorado. Tie block. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings, including a home run. Christian Walker would go deep in this game for his 26th home run of the season. And by the way, the Diamondbacks, they won on Wednesday as well by a count of 9-7. to And Walker would add home runs number 27 and 28 of the season as well. He has pretty much been the lone guy right now for the Arizona Diamondbacks that has been able to put bad to balls. This has been a team that has been playing quite a few unders recently up until this recent stretch, but for the Carhead Rockies, the bullpen just upchucked all over themselves. Justin Lawrence, who's actually been solid this year. Five runs surrendered in two-thirds of an inning as the Diamondbacks, they were down by a count of 5-3 to three going into the ninth inning, and then they put up a five spot. Maybe that'll ignite them moving forward. Yeah, Jake Bird, Matt Cook, both on to scoreless inning. Brent Suter gets up an under run in his inning work, and then Tyler Kinley gets it out of the bullpen as well. And then as far as the Wednesday game is concerned, the 9-7 win that the Diamondbacks had for Walker, he was able to supply for RBI. You had Slade Sisoni get the start for Arizona. Gives up two runs over the course of four innings. He did allow a home run to Ryan McMahon, 20th home run season from there. Nolan Jones gets number 12 of the campaign off of Miguel Castro. Off a Diamondbacks bullpen, by the way, that over the last 35 days has north of a 6 ERA. Worst mark in the big leagues. Castro gives up four runs over the course of his inning of work. Tyler Gilbert, Luis Frias, they combine for an inning, giving up a run before Kyle Nelson, Kevin Ginkle, Paul Sewald, all in a scoreless inning. And for Colorado, Austin Gomber had given up two runs or fewer in all but one of his last eight starts. He came back to earth, giving up six runs and five in the third innings, including one of those home runs to Walker. Tyler Kinley gives up two runs in an inning, giving up a home run to Christian Walker. Daniel Bard gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning. Justin Brule and Jake Bird piecemeal together two scoreless innings. So that was rough for them. Been going pretty rough for the San Francisco Giants recently. They won on Tuesday by kind of 7-0. As for the Tampa Bay Rays, absolutely nothing doing. Three hits for them. Zach Little pitched five and two-thirds innings. Gave up two runs. He was honestly fine. Did give up a home run along the way to Theria Estrada. Tenth home run season. Then Wilmer Flores goes deep off of Kevin Kelly for his 16th home run season. Kelly gives up that Solo home run in one and a third innings, and Erasmo Ramirez gives up two runs in an inning. But for the Giants, Jacob Junis, four scoreless innings. Sean Manea, three and a third inning scoreless. You had Luke Jackson be able to provide a scoreless inning, and then Tyler Rogers, two outs on the bullpen scoreless. But then the Rays, they flipped the script, six to one the final. Rays have become a little bit more of an under team recently, by the way. It's been a little bit of a reversal on that front as they're actually playing about 55.2% of their road games to the under the season. Aaron Savali, six scoreless innings. From there, you did have Jason Adam, Pete Fairbanks, both provided scoreless inning as Hector Perez. He uh, came in for a third of an inning, a lot of run, but Colin Pouchet 
Got a pair of odds to be able to get him out of it. And for the race, trio of home runs. Josh Lowe gets low for his 15th home run season. Luke Rayleigh is 17th of the campaign. And Brandon Lau gets loud for his 16th home run season. Those all come off of Ross Stripling as opener Ryan Walker gives up an unearned run in an inning and then Stripling. Six innings allows 11 hits, three home runs, five runs in total before Scott Alexander and Alex Wood. They were able to come in and both provided a scoreless inning in terms of the game for Tuesday. The Slam Diego Padres slam the Baltimore Orioles 10-3 the final. This was not Jack Flaherty's night, giving up seven runs over the course of three innings, including home run to Gary Sanchez, 16th of the campaign. You did have Nick Vespi give up three runs in two innings before Shatero Fujinami, Mike Bauman, and backup catcher James McCann all lent a scoreless inning. Austin the Say's kid went deep off of Luis Garcia for his 11th home run season. Garcia gives up two runs in an inning, and for Michael Walker, First start in about six weeks coming off the injury list. Five scoreless innings. Scott Barlow, two scoreless. And then Steven Wilson, he gives up a run in an inning as well as I do this show. Padres currently up by a count of 3-1 to one in the fourth inning. Dean Kramer, as expected, it's been a little bit rough for him. Three runs over the course of three innings surrendered thus far. And Blake Snell has given up one run in three in the third innings. Snell enters in his last 15 starts with about a buck 15 ERA. So this is big for his Cy Young candidacy. In my opinion, our DK Network writer picks, they're on a good run, 18-9 in the last 27, but took a loss on this one. I had the under in the uh, Tigers versus Twins game, and a home run derby broke out, 8-7 the final. Going to need to uh, look to get back on track on Thursday. As for the Tigers, quartet of home runs, Riley Green, 11th home run season. You had Gary Carpenter get his 16th home run season, and then Spencer Torkelson goes deep twice. 20th and 21st home runs of the campaign. Kenta Maeda gives up three runs over the course of four innings. Didn't lend a lot of length, giving up a pair of those home runs. And then Griffin Jacks gave up two home runs in his inning of work, giving up four runs in total. Josh Winder gives up a run in an inning. And Dylan Flora, Emilio Pagan, Jordan Balzovich, they all lend a scoreless inning for the Twins. They gave Chase in the ninth inning. They actually put up three runs in that ninth with a pair of home runs off of Jason Foley, Max Kepler, 20th home run season. Ode Palunco gets his eighth as for Foley, he gives up three runs over the course of that inning, giving up a pair of home runs. And for Reese Olsen, not the start he was looking for. Gave up four runs in two and two-thirds innings before the bullpen prior to Foley. Actually did a very good job. Obreski, Alex Lang, Wolf Best, all blend a scoreless inning. And Tyler Holton holds it down. Two and a third inning scoreless. Five punch-outs along the way for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They started out the year 20-8. and eight. Yeah, they are not 20-8 and eight ever since then as... They have lost 59 games and won 34 ever since that stretch. 8-3, the Mets take it to the Pirates. Johan Oviedo gives up four runs in four innings, including a home run to Brock and Roll Stewart, his third home run in the campaign. And then he would go deep off of Ryan Baruki for his fourth. And Pete Alonso, he gets a 36th home run season. That comes off of Jose Hernandez. Hernandez gives up two runs, one of which was earned in his inning of work. Baruki gives up two runs in two innings before Johan Ramirez gives you a scoreless inning. Brian Reynolds was able to go deep off of Tyler McGill, 18th home run season for McGill. He allows two runs over the course of five innings before Phil Bickford gives up a run in an inning, but Brooks Rayleigh, Trevor Gott, Adam Onovino, all able will give you a scoreless inning to be able to get that one to the window. Also being able to get to the window, the Cincinnati Reds, 7-2. They take it to Noah Thor Syndergaard, who gives up six runs, five of which were earned over the course of four and a third innings, including a pair of bombs going deep. You add home run number five of the season for Stuart Fairchild. Matt McClain, he gets his 13th home run of the campaign. Oh, by the way, 
There were five stolen bases in this game as well. I think that all were with Noah Thor Syndergaard on the mound. There might have been one without him, but yeah, he's not very good at being able to hold runners on. Andrew Abbott, he's pretty solid, though. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Did allow a home run to Gabriel Arias in his seventh home run season, and then the bullpen did their part. Sam Mole, Derek Law, along with Fernando Cruz, I'll get a squirrel setting, and then Alan Buznitz was able to provide a squirrel setting as well for the Cleveland Guardians. You did have Daniel Norris come in, gets up an under run and one and a third innings. Eli Morgan, same entities. They piecemeal together two and a third innings squirrels between the two of them. The Washington Nationals, they took it to the Boston Red Sox, six to two the final. James Paxton, not a bad start, gives up two runs over the course of six innings. Did a lot of pair of home runs. Going deep for the Washington Nationals. Michael Chavis, a former Red, his second home run season. Then Stone Garrett is able to go deep twice. Eighth home run season. His ninth would come off of Garrett Whitlock. As it was not a good inning for Garrett Whitlock as he allowed a home run to keep at Ruiz as well. His 15th home run season. John Triber provided a squirrel setting. But Garrett Whitlock was, went from bullpen to starter. Just not going well for him right now. Four runs over the course of an inning. Giving up a pair of bombs in the eighth inning. The main form of offense for Boston in this one, Pablo Reyes goes deep for a second home run season off of Jordan Weems, who allowed two runs over the course of an inning. You had Jose Farrar get a pair of outs out of the bullpen, Kyle Finnegan, squirrel setting in. Mackenzie Gore, six and a third innings, allowed just one hit. So that was a very good start for him. This was a very good start as Charlie Morton was able to help shut down the New York Yankees, something we have seen a lot of. Two to zero, the final. Randy Vasquez, he piggybacked off of Michael King. For Vasquez, gives up two runs in three and a third innings, including home run going deep. For the Atlanta Braves, you had Eddie Rosario get his 18th home run season. The King from there, three and two-thirds innings scoreless. Keenan Middleton, he gets a scoreless inning. Problem for the Yankees was they got four total hits. Charlie Morton gets 10 strikeouts in six scoreless innings. From there, Pierce Johnson, Kirby Yates, Rossi Iglesias, all able to sling a scoreless inning. You also saw a very good start from Paul Blackburn, who walked the plank to victory for the Oakland A's. 8-0 the final. You know that things are going bad when you get shut up by the old Oakland A's. Paul Blackburn, seven scoreless innings, and then Austin Pruitt, two scoreless for the A's. They did get a home run in the ninth inning from their young catcher and Tyler Soderstrom. He was able to get home run number two of the season. That comes after Matthew Libertor gives up six runs, five of which were earned in four and a third innings. Casey Lawrence gave up that home run from there, going four and two-thirds innings, allowing two runs for the St. Louis Cardinals. They go two of seven with runners in scoring position, and they don't score a single run. That's just absolutely insane. This was pretty insane as well as we've seen Ace Lozardo go straight down the toilet bowl. Four-plus runs surrendered in each out of his last four starts. Gets destroyed by the Astros. 12 to 5, Houston is able to get it done for Lozardo. Three home runs allowed, six runs, five of which were earned as Alex Bregman gets his 19th home run season. Kyle Tucker, he gets home run number 24 of the campaign. And then you add home run number 17 for Chaz McCormick, by the way. The Miami Marlins have been one of the best home under teams thus far this season, playing about 55% of their games really under. But with the trade deadline acquisitions, that's starting to dry up. And Justin Verlander, not like he was great in this one, gives up five runs, four of which were earned. But the bullpen at his back, Parker Milshinsky, Kendall Graveman, Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek, all able to lend a scoreless ending. And 
for Miami. They had to go to Brian Hoying for two scoreless innings. You had George Soriano give you one and a third inning scoreless. You had A.J. Puck give you a scoreless inning, but Andrew Nardi and Orde Lopez, between the two of them, pitched an inning and gave up six runs, all of which were earned. So that was very much less than savory as well. This is a game that is wrapping up as I do this podcast. The Philadelphia Phillies currently up by a count of 8-4 to four in the ninth inning as for Aaron Nola. Not a good start, giving up four runs over the course of five innings, but Kevin Gosman just is prone to some of these starts. Like once every five or so weeks, he has a complete turd, and this was a turd. Gave up seven runs, five of which were earned over the course of five and a third innings, including a home run to Mr. Bryce Harper, eighth home run season. Jake Cave, a little bit later on, goes deep off of Jay Jackson for his third home run season. Jackson gives up that home run in one and a third innings. Tim Meza, Eric Swanson both provide an out of the bullpen. Genesis Cabrera, pair of outs out of the bullpen. And now Bowden Francis is on to be able to hold down the Fort Blue Jays, by the way. Entering in the night had played 63% of their home games. The under, obviously, this wasn't over. And Dalton Varsho, he did go deep off of Aaron Nola. 15th home run season as for the Phils. They've gotten Matt Strom out there for two scoreless innings. Craig Kimbrell is a right provided one scoreless inning. So we shall see how they piecemeal that together. As I am doing this podcast... The Rangers are getting shut out by the LA Angels. It's currently 1-0 going into the 8th inning. Reed Detmers has actually been very good. And the lone run in this game has thus far come in the first inning from Shoya Otani. Was able to get home run number 42 of the season off of John Gray. Gray has lent 7 innings, giving up 1 run. And right now we are on no-hitter alert, by the way, as for Reed Detmers. He has walked 4, but has yet to give up a hit. This would be his second career no-hitter if he's able to polish it off. So we shall see if we're able to update that in the AM. And as I am doing this as well, in the battle for Chicago, White Sox currently up by kind of 3-0 to zero on the Cubs as Mike Clevenger has went 6 scoreless. He's back out there and Gavin Sheets has provided the main form of offense. Ninth home run of the season that comes off of Javier Assad, who gives up 3 runs to earn in 6 innings of Mark Leiter Jr. He has come in to be able to lend a scoreless inning. Nothing on Brewers versus Dodgers. That is a game that is getting started as I do this podcast. And if you are looking at that Dodgers versus Brewers game for Tuesday, I forgot to clean that one up. Dodgers, they get it done once again by kind of 6-2. The Dodgers have just been a tremendous team all season long at being able to put back to balls. The Dodgers, they're currently your top over team in all of baseball this year, playing 59.8% of their games to the over. This was an under, though, because we had the Dodgers get a very solid start out of Bobby Miller, giving up one run over the course of six innings. Ryan Yarbrough from there goes three innings, allows this home run to Carlos Santana's 16th home run season, and for Adrian Houser, he picked a, pitched a little bit more like Doogie Houser. Four runs, three of which were earned, giving up in five and a third innings. Hobie Milner goes eight-third of an inning, allowing two runs before you had a Bryce Wilson go two and a third inning scoreless. So that's what we're seeing with regards to the baseball results. Now let's take a look at the season-to-date trends in baseball, obviously with a few games for Wednesday pending, but we have seen 51% of baseball games as far as the season go under the total. 883 unders to 848 overs. If you're taking a look at the favorites and how they've been able to fare, right around 58.2% on the money line. Favorites, 1,041 and 748, but we are noticing a lot of favorites not being able to cover the run line. 268 in total have won the game outright, but 
not been able to cover that minus one and a half run line. If you take a look at the last three days in Major League Baseball, certainly has been a trend. 60 different favorites, one outright have not been able to cover the run line with favorites going 222 and 173 in this time span. Over the last three days, 54.7% of games have won under the total, 211 and 175. And if you want to break it down even further, last seven days in Major League Baseball, the under hitting at a 52.4% clip, 43 unders, 39 overs. We've had a few pushes along the way as well. I believe five, maybe four in total. Favorites, 52 and 32 in this time span, hitting at nearly 62%. But among those favorites, 12 failed to cover the run line. So that's what we're seeing in baseball right now. And that's what we all got late Tuesday into Wednesday. Coming up next, we turn it forward to Thursday. We take a look at what has been hitting in the player pop market with our good friend Matt Williams, who does great work over at the Game Day MLB, and get you set for Thursday right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Matt Williams. He does terrific work over at the Game Day MOB, taking a look at this game that we all know and love. He's their lead MOB editor, and I know he's got a couple other irons in the fire that he's going to be taking a look at with regards to future sports as well. But this time of year, it is baseball time. Matt does a tremendous job on that front, looking at everything from full games, the player props, you go down the list, and he covers all the bases, and you're able to follow him on Twitter, at Matt Williams, but the L's have been replaced. They're replaced with Lucky Sevens, and it's also not Twitter anymore. It's X. I am going to be making that mistake until the end of time, but one thing that I'm not mistaken on is getting you on the show because every time you join the podcast, you provide great insights, and Matt, it's always appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, it's always great now when you send someone a Twitter link and it just says x.com and people don't know if they should open it at work or not. Fortunately, it's only one <laughs> x. You add in there two more and then you're looking at a really bad situation. Or if you're looking at two, Dos Equis, very good beer. So it's very strange to be taking a look at things on that front. And with regards to the baseball front, things have been a little bit strange there. Post-All-Star break, I've been noticing that. Bullpens have not necessarily been too tremendous, to say the least. And do want to get your thoughts as to some of the things that have been going well slash not well for you post-All-Star break with regards to taking a look at some of these props because I feel like it has been a very strange month of baseball, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Teams have started to come alive, though, after like kind of a, sh- I don't want to say a shaky first half because they had a strong first half as a team, but they weren't, the Astros were not the team that we are accustomed to being, like the juggernaut, you know, with Jordan being out and some of the pitching not being what it used to. So they were strong, but not juggernaut strong but they have kind of came on recently and they're starting to play more and more like the Astros although it's still difficult on them because the Texas Rangers haven't missed a step and it just seems whenever their offense starts to cool off it just burns right back up and that's what's happening right now the only thing in the American League the Angels oh my god they decide not to sell and I don't think anything has gone right for them the bullpen's terrible the pitching's terrible their lineup's terrible it's just a nightmare over there so yeah pretty much everything at least in the American League it's all happening out west for me yep and with regards to the West, how do you take a look at the division race right now? Because the Rangers, they currently hold the lead within the division. But as we know, the old Ric Flair mentality is in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the team that won the World Series last year is the Astros. They have been hard charging. You mentioned it with the Angels. I just hate to see it because they're a team that they bought. You want to see teams go for it. And they went for it. And it's all went straight down the toilet bowl for them. And then you've got very silently a Seattle Mariners team that was sub 500 going into July. And they've played some good baseball recently. 
Yeah, and the, the thing that was holding them back in the beginning is a little their bats, and they, that's really come alive recently, too. They've really been on fire, so it's really anybody's game. I would have to give the edge to the Astros. You know, they've been there before. They know what it takes to win down the stretch. They know the dog days of August and all that. You know, every cliche you can throw out there. They get Justin Verlander in there as a veteran, comfortable there. He's there to win last season. So if I had to pick, I would say the Astros probably find a way to win that division out. But as far as talent for talent, it is genuinely a three-horse race there. So that wouldn't surprise me uh, to see anyone take it. Yep, I do think that it's going to be a really fun race moving forward as Matt Williams, who does great work over at the Game Day MLB, is joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And what is interesting is that one of those teams out west is going to be in action on Thursday. Unfortunately, we don't have an overnight line because the Kansas City Royals, well, their season was done in March. They are currently deciding who's going to be starting in this game, and it's pretty much a human white flag, whoever is going to be going out there against George Kirby. But I know that there's a lot of George Kirby props that you do take a look at. Are some of those still withstanding, and is there anything that you might be taking a look at them? at on him for Thursday. Yeah, I mean, George Kirby is on the mound. Like usual, everyone should be looking at his walk prop. He has slipped a couple times this year, but he's still the best in baseball when it comes to control. And the Royals, they've walked only 5.6% of the time over the past couple weeks. I mean, they do not take walks. I'd be looking at his direction. The only interesting thing is, if it's one and a half walks, you're usually looking at something near like minus 200, maybe even minus 300. You're going to want to like parlay that usually. But here, I would look for the books to probably start at one and a half and quickly move to a half a run, which sometimes, you know, you can get somewhere in the vicinity of like plus 180, plus 190. And when it comes to Kirby, that can be really iffy because he does give up usually at least one. But in this particular case, at those juice, I think I'd actually be taking a look at that. So like, yeah, if it moves to half a run and they try to sucker you in with a plus 90, I think I might get sucked in this time because like I said, the Royals just aren't taking any walks at all. As far as when the line finally goes, yeah, this is a pretty big mismatch here. The bats, like I said, uh, we were talking to Mariners a second ago, their bats have been really hot. Their bullpen is still very solid, even without Paul Seawald. So I'd probably be looking at the Mariners' run line here and what I presume the line will look like and be pretty confident in that. So other than that, yeah, I'm looking at George Kirby's walk prop and, you know, we don't know what the line is, but yeah, I would be very confident in the uh, two plus run win for the Mariners. Yeah, but if Luis Castillo warrants about a minus $2 line against James MacArthur and the poo-poo fighter pitchers from the Royals from Wednesday, you got to think it's going to be a little bit lower on George Kirby and being able to get, I would say, Anything below about a minus 130 on the run line, that'd be a take for me as well. So I feel like we're in relative lockstep there. And how have you been taking a look at some of these walks props? Because I know you've done a good job with this. And I'll give a little bit of a plug to your colleague over there at the game day, Frank. He's done a tremendous job with these as well. And I know you guys have been looking at some spots. And you just mentioned the fact that the Royals don't draw a lot of walks. Is it a little bit more team dependent from time to time? Because I have noticed a team like the White Sox, they are just allergic to drawing walks. They think that they have to swing at every single pitch that they find, and that's been a team that's been very fascinating. Meanwhile, you've got a team like the Dodgers, for example, that they draw more than four walks per game. Absolutely. I would say it's more team dependent because obviously you need the talent from the pitcher, but I would say just as important. Yeah, you got to take a look at some of these. Um, for anyone just ignoring matchups, you know, early in the year, it didn't matter who you were from a pitcher's standpoint for strikeouts. You didn't take the over with the Guardians. Even the Nationals didn't strike out for a while. They're actually striking out a bit more now, but yeah, there's some surprising numbers. Like you said, you just 
Jessica, you definitely have to take a look at the matchups with these because, yeah, there's some very interesting things you can do. Like I said, the the half a run I said I might take with Kirby, I've actually been having a lot of success with half strikeout, under a half a strikeout, because you can find, if you get the right matchup, look for, like, you know, your Kyle Hendricks, your Miles Mikolas, uh, Adam Wainwright, he's going next. Uh, try to find those pitchers, and then sometimes you can get these guys batting at the bottom of lineups that are going to see maybe three at-bats, you know, for, like, you know, plus 150 higher, plus, like, 200. I've been cashing these, winning like winning only like losing like two out of every three and still still cashing because of how high the juice is. You do have to be selective though. So I'll write up on Twitter for anyone listening to the show. I'll write a tweet up uh, or an X up, a Z, whatever you want to call it, of a few things to look for when looking for these strikeout props for hitters. I think that they're just calling it posts at this point, but I mean, good grief. That is just a mess as to what you call tweets now and everything like that. <laughs> And now TweetDeck is X-Pro that you have to pay for. It's a mess, to say the least. That's why we need simplicity in our lives, and we always know what we're getting out of Matt Williams. He is joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. It does a tremendous job taking a look at the game of baseball. And you did allude to that Cardinals versus Mets game. It is going to be Jose Quintana on the bump for the Mets and Wainwright on the bump for the Cardinals. Early openers on the total was 10 we're starting to see this slip to a 10 and a half, and I cannot say that I am necessarily too surprised about that. With the Mets, are about a minus 118 to a minus 120 favorite. I know you're going to be taking a look at a few things for Wainwright. How do you gauge this overall with regards to what you're going to be taking a look at for Wainwright and just the entirety of the game? Because I do think that Jose Quintana, a man that actually pitched for the Cardinals as well, doing for some regression. I think that that familiarity might be hurting him as well. Overall, it'll be interesting to see where the lines go with this because, the, you know, the, everyone knows the Cardinals and Mets are both struggling. The Cardinals bats have come alive. Everyone knows that Adam Wainwright probably shouldn't be pitching in the majors right now, but people may not know how well Quintana has been pitching. I mean, since coming up, he's been kind of stellar. 303 ERA, 293 FIP is decent. And not that the Mets are going to get more than enough runs off of Wainwright to probably, you know, contribute to the, to the game total. And Quintana is is going to give up probably a couple to this Cardinals lineup. But yeah, Wainwright is the story here for me. I mean, he's been a dumpster fire inside of a catastrophe, inside of a nightmare. He's been so bad. I would say F5 run line for the Mets I like because the Mets bullpen has been just terrible. So is the Cardinals. I don't really trust the back end of this game. So as far as the first five innings, I'll take like a minus uh, half a run. I'll give away a half a run for the Mets. I think Quintana can certainly outduel Wainwright enough, at least in the first five. First five team total might be even the safer bet. Just take the entire score out of it and just say the Mets are going to go over their team total. It's probably going to be somewhere around like three and a half. I'd still like that. And then the Mets money line is probably an okay bet here too. Again, even though I don't like the Mets bullpen Wainwright is just so bad I mean he's pro I mean has he made it out of the second in the last couple I mean he's good for like seven or eight earned runs right off the bat you know but I say all this so naturally the Cardinals are going to win this game seven zip but yeah I think the the smart play here is to bet on the Mets and bet on them in the first five innings when they have a clear advantage oh I always see your gifts on x now because you always post up the gifts of happiness and the Mets bullpen and <laughs> how it is eluding happiness for you due to the Mets bullpen. And boy, that has been the case for the Mets for many, many years. Sands last year when Edwin Diaz was in the fold. So that's one to take a look at. And I did allude to it a little bit earlier. One of the best teams at being able to draw walks, that'd be the LA Dodgers. They're going to be playing on some Milwaukee Brewers with Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewer and Lance Lynn on the bump for the Dodgers. Dodgers are between minus 135 to minus 145 favorites with a total of eight and a half. And I do take a look at this spot. And obviously the Dodgers provide Lance Lynn with a whole heck of a lot more support than Corbin Burns. But even with it being on the road, but actually, especially with it being on the road, I do like the Brewers getting a plus number because 
Corbin Burns throughout his career has actually been much better on the road than he has been at home. Recognize once again, the Dodgers have a better core around Lance Lynn, but this is a big-time pitching mismatch, and being able to get right around a plus 120, plus 125 is the number I'm going to be willing to take with the Brewers. All right, so I'll say one thing. One, I agree with you that if I was going to bet on this game, I would go that way, but I'm not betting on this game. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of it with Burns and Lynn. I mean, Burns, you know, it's not been his best year, but he's definitely been a heck of a lot better lately. He's coming off, a, off one last time out versus the White Sox, but other than that, he was great for his, like, you know, last uh, 10 or so. Lance Lynn has been, like, a different pitcher since coming over the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers said they could fix anyone, but he has a two ERA, 22 strikeouts in 18 innings. I don't think that that's going to last. I think he, you know, if you look at his peripherals, field independent pitching, he hasn't been a two ERA pitcher. Then again, you know, I want to lean towards Burns, but then the Dodgers lineup is very dangerous, as we know, that can go off in your face as in a hurry. So all in all, I think this is just one where I'm going to stay away. I do lean towards taking the value with the Brewers because I think I could definitely see Lance Lynn taking a step backwards here and Burns having himself a gem. But uh, yeah, in general, it kind of lands too much in the danger zone. There's too many question marks for me. So I am staying away. I don't blame you there. I do believe that Corbin Burns is going to be able to pitch relatively solid here. As I don't know how, but he just always pitches better on the road than at home. American Family Field, just not his jam, apparently, as our jam is getting great guests on the show. And Matt Williams, he certainly is one. And Matt, is there anything else that you are going to be taking a look at? For Thursday, obviously, it's a small slate. We've only got six games on the board, but anything else catching your eye, as I said a little bit before, we've got only a six-game slate, but in my opinion, a relatively solid six-game slate for this Thursday. Yeah, I'll look at the D-backs at Padres, uh, something that a lot of people don't seem to be giving its full credence to, and it's not like a trend. It's a real thing, Road Gallon. <laughs> road Gallon is real, and Road Gallon is bad. 4.72 ERA on the road compared to a 1.82 at home, Zach Gallon. His home runs per nine are worse. His K percentage is worse. His walk percentage is worse. And on top of that, the San Diego bats are hot. 1.11 weighted runs created plus last 14. On top of back, on top of that, Gallon's own D-backs bats are cold 80 weighted runs created plus the last 14 and they've only had a near 300 woba versus lefties in the last month again but that lefty is rich hill (laughs) who has allowed nine earned runs over six and a third inning since being traded to the padres so you don't necessarily want to lean too hard on there so i'm thinking i'm either going to take uh take a decent price on maybe the f5 or i'm probably just looking at the over here the full game over or the uh or just the f5 over right now you get a decent uh last time i looked i think it was uh actually i don't have it in front of me here but yeah i definitely like the over or the uh the first five over in this matchup because the d-backs even though they struggle versus lefties they can put some runs on the board against rich hill and like i said the san diego backs are hot and zach allen really struggles on the road yep he certainly does perhaps going to a bit more of a pitcher friendly ballpark is going to be able to help him out but hard for me to really advocate for a play on a team that's going to be starting rich hill as well so good old situation where something's got to give and then you've got patrick corbin going for the washington nationals as well i'm sure that a lot of people know what to do there, and they know that you, Matt, do an absolutely tremendous job taking a look at this game that we all know and love of baseball. You're over there at the game day posting up player props, sides, totals, so much more, and getting set for what is going to be just a tremendous fall sports calendar in general. So 
Love the good people at home. You know, it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Sure, yeah, you can follow me over on X, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. I post my bets there every single day. Uh, you can find my work over at thegameday.com over on the MLB side. Frank Amarante, you mentioned him earlier, the walk whisperer. You can find his work there as well. He's absolutely great. He just props and parlays Monday through Friday. So, yeah, check me out on X and over at the game day. Absolutely. Matt does a tremendous job taking a look at this game that we all know and love. And every single time he joins this podcast, once tremendous insights, much like he did today. So big thanks to Matt Williams of the Game Day MLB for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Coming up next, small slate today, just six games on the Baseball Betting Board, but we got picks and analysis on every single one of them, side and total on all six as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here at Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by Matt Williams. He does great work over at the game day MLB, taking a look at so many different things, full games, player props. He stuffs the stat sheet with regards to taking a look at this fine game of baseball and does an incredible job of it. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time to podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Thursday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81, and we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, then the Interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, Let's dive in on this first game. It is 9:51, 9:52 on the betting board. The New York Mets are on the road. They're facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Wayno Adam Wainwright goes for the Cards, and Jose Quintana is on the bump for the Mets. Mets are between minus 116 to minus 120 favorites, and between even money and plus 110 is your number on the Cardinals. 10 is the total. Over is between minus 115 to a minus 125. Under is any between minus 105 to a plus 105, and this is a spot where I set my total at 10.4. If we get to a 10.5, that would be my point of no return. But here at a 10, I am actually going to be willing to take a look at this total over. And this just all goes back to Adam Wainwright. With Adam Wainwright, he has given up at least three runs in all but one of his 15 starts as far this season. I mean, it has been bad. It has been really, really bad. He's got an 870 ADRA. I recognize that the fielding independent is a little bit better than that, but it's really hard to have a fielding independent that's north of nine, but he is giving up just under two home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is well north of three. He is getting about five strikeouts per nine innings. Opponents are at 375 off of him. 
I think that there should be a little bit of better fortune from moving forward, and he is going up against a Mets team that, with regards to batting average, they've been one of the lesser teams in the league, but you do have to still go up against some of these matchers, like the Franciscos, Francisco Lindor, and they will give you 22 home runs right around 330 on base, Francisco Alvarez, He's hitting just a 225, but has went deep 21 times. Pete Alonso, 36 home runs. But this is a team that has a tough time moving the line. Certainly Marte being on the full has hurt this team. Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, both hitting in that neighborhood of a 255. But with Nimmo, 15 plus home runs, he's been able to do a solid job being able to move the line. But the bottom of the fold should, at the very least, provide a little bit of help for the for Adam Wainwright and the bullpen. As you've had Omar Narvaez, Jonathan Aruz, guys like this. Just not give you anything whatsoever. And then for Jose Quintana, there is quite a bit of familiarity here as the St. Louis Cardinals actually traded for Jose Quintana in the back half of the season last year. And I feel like he's been quite fortunate to have the success that he has had thus far this season. Now, it has not resulted in wins. He's got no and four record in his five starts, despite the fact that he's honestly not pitched bad. 303 ERA, 293 fielding dependent. Has yet to give up a home run in 29 and two-thirds innings, but he's not a strikeout guy. He's getting six strikeouts to three walks per nine innings. Very much a pitch contact guy at this point of his career. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they are averaging right around five runs per game at home this season. You've had the Nolans, Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman both be able to supply 24-plus home runs this far this season with Arenado hitting about a 290. Paul Goldschmidt has went dry with regards to home run power, but he's been able to do a solid job still being able to get on base. 361 on base over the last three days, just three home runs in this time span. I think that you should be able to pick it up a little bit. Tommy Edmond coming off of a multi-home run game against the Royals last week. We have seen the outfielders like Jordan Walker, Alec Burleson have his, their ups and downs, but all in all, it has been a relatively solid Cardinals lineup, and you got two bullpens that just stink on ice. I mean, for the St. Louis Cardinals, they don't have a single guy in this bullpen that currently has an ERA of a sub-3-5. Giovanni Gallegos and Jojo Romero are right now your two most trustworthy guys in this bullpen, but you just take a look at it overall, and it's been very much less than savory as for the St. Louis Cardinals. They have been a bunch that has been all over the place with regards to their bullpen recently, but I will say this, with regards to bullpen ERA, it hasn't been as bad as some of these other teams as you do have a few bunches out there that I mean, it has really, really been bad. Like, oh, I don't know, the New York Metropolitans. The New York Metropolitans are currently a bottom 10 team with regards to bullpen ERA. Brooks Raley has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. And Adam Adovino has been a little bit better recently. But when you're trotting out there, guys like Grant Hartwig, Drew Smith, as some of your more trustworthy guys, it's not great. And for the Mets, since July 1st, you've got a 526 bullpen ERA. That is second worst in the National League. While the Cardinals, they're more around 17th. They're bad, but I am for the New York Mets. They're really bad with regards to their bullpen. I do think that there's regression coming for Jose Quintana. I do think that Adam Wainwright gives up some runs. I frankly think that the Cardinals' offense and their bullpen is a little bit better than that of the Mets. I'm able to get a plus money number here on the Cardinals. I'm going to be willing to take that. Needed at least a plus 108 to take a shot on the Cardinals at a plus 110. That is a buy point for me. So I total 10.4. So we're going to have the 10 over and the Cardinals on the money line. 953, 954 on the betting board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are on the road. They're facing up against the San Diego Padres. Says 
Rich Hill goes for the pods, and Zach Gallen is on the bump for Arizona. And Arizona is a favorite between minus 110 to minus 119. Anywhere between minus 105 to plus 105 is your number on the pods. With eight napping, the total of the under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And with the Diamondbacks, I set them at a minus 114 on the money line. Seeing that minus 110, I'm going to be willing to lay that number with Zach Gallen. You do have to have trepidation with him home to road. And this is an Arizona Diamondbacks scene that has been a sinking ship there. Back above 500 thanks to their series against the Colorado Rockies. But boy, it is not going great for the Colorado Rockies. But I do mention those home and road splits of Zach Gallen. Buck 82 home area. 472 ERA on the road. For Gallon, he's given up about 1.25 home runs per nine innings on the road. At home, it's more like 0.6 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate on the road jumps by north of 50% as well. So, do have to have to, some trepidation there, but I can't make Rich Hill a favorite. Rich Hill is absolutely terrible. He, in two starts with the Padres, has given up nine runs in six and a third innings. And my side, he faced off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Gave up three runs in three and a third innings, and they were the only three runs of the game that were surrendered. Yeah, it's not going great for our good friend and old Rich Hill, as he's just not a strikeout guy anymore. He's been getting right in the neighborhood of eight strikeouts per nine innings. Up north of three walks per nine innings. Has been getting tattooed pretty hard thus far this season, and... For the Padres, the one good thing about this team is that they aren't supporting him with a better bullpen than that of the Arizona the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks since July 1st, they've got the worst bullpen ERA in the National League with an ERA north of 6. You've had Kyle Nelson be able to give you some okay innings, but Scott McGoas went completely down the toilet bowl. Miguel Castro has given you a 4 ERA. Joe Mantiply has not been good this year. There's really not a lot of trustworthiness with regards to this bullpen. And you just take a look at the Padres on paper and... Hey, the, their run differential is north of 50. They've got a lot of guys that they do a nice job slugging the ball. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., combined 40 home runs, both hitting north of a 250. Juan Soto, 407 on base since the All-Star break. He's been able to give you nine home runs. Awesome Kim, he's got a war of a 5.8, north of a 425 on base over the last 40 days. Xander Bogarts has been able to move line. You're bringing in Garrett Cooper to be able to help the team. Uh, still, the batter 7 through 9 this year with likes of Matt Carpenter, Rudad Odor, Jake Cronin, or Trent Grisham manning these spots. It has been a little bit brutal for this team. They do have Tom Cosgrove, who's been able to do a very good job in the bullpen. He's been able to give you a sub-275 ERA. You get Steven Wilson back at the fold. He's been able to do a solid job. So, the San Diego Padres, who are really having their issues Towards the beginning of the month of July with regards to the bullpen, they've been able to rectify those a little bit. Obviously, you saw Josh Hader in the fold. And then for the Arizona Diamondbacks, right now they have just looked at Christian Walker to put the team on his back with regards to the offense. He is now up to 28 home runs as far this season. And he's on a tear. I believe he's now gotten with everything that we saw yesterday, like seven home runs over the last three weeks. So he's been able to do his part. Really nobody else is. Corbin Carroll has been having a relatively rough second half of the season. He's still been able to give you 21-plus home runs. He's been able to give you those stolen bases, but just has not been able to move line as much. He, Keitel Marte, Walker, I'll give you between about a 345 to a 355 on base, Lord Escorial, he saw his 19 home runs, but ever since we saw Evan Longoria go on the injured list, they've been having to trot out there. Guys that are a little bit less than trustworthy, Carson Kelly has been getting a few more at-bats, Nick Ahmed has as well, and these guys have not been able to live up to their billing ever since they picked up Tommy Pham. He's been okay, he's been able to get for about a 245, but just one home run in 11 games played by him, so a circumstance where I do think that Zach Allen 
is going to be able to lend a relatively good start. I do think that Rich Hill is going to look a little bit better than he has in his first few starts with the San Diego Padres. And I did set my total at 8.2 because this is still a game that is going to be played at Petco. Very much a pitcher's ballpark. And with Arizona, they've been averaging fewer than three and a half runs per contest over the last 15 games in games not played at Coors Field. So, going to be looking at the under semi-total at 8.2. And with the Diamondbacks, one delay on that money line up to a minus 114. 955, 956 is going to be the DK Network right up pick. This is the Milwaukee Brewers. And they're on the road. They're facing off against the LA Dodgers. As Lance Lynn is on the bump for the Dodgers. And it is one Corbin Burns who is going to be going for the Brewers. And with the LA Dodgers, you are finding them as a favorite of any between minus 130 to a minus 142. And between plus 110 and plus 125 is your number on the Brewer. Eight and a half is the total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 to a minus 120. And the over, that is anywhere between even money and minus 110. And I write a pick. That is going to be on the Brewers on the money line. I set them as the slightest of slight favorites. I made them a minus 102 favorite. So pretty much anything of plus money. I was willing to dive in here. Corbin Burns is coming off of a relatively rough start in his last timeout. Last timeout. He goes up against the Chicago White Sox, allows five runs in that start, but all in all, Corbin Burns has been able to do a solid job as he had allowed two runs or fear in each out of his previous seven starts to begin really the month of July slash August stretch for Corbin Burns in the science span, about a 266 ERA, getting a little bit north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Sands at one start against the White Sox. This has been the Corbin Burns of old, and for Corbin Burns, what I feel like a lot of people don't know about him, he's actually been a much better road pitcher than he has been a home pitcher. This season, 335 road ERA compared to a 392 home ERA, and if you look at the entirety of Corbin Burns' career, he's got a 303 road ERA compared to a 355 home ERA. At home, he gives up about one home run per nine innings on the road, 0.86 home runs per nine innings throughout the entirety of his career. Now, he's backed up by a Milwaukee Brewers team that they are currently dead last in the National League with regards to a batting average, and they are last in terms of home runs per game on the road, but you do have Christian Yelich. He's done a fine job for this team. 375 on base, 16 home runs, and I feel like the young guys are starting to step up for this team as well. Sal Freelick going into yesterday, able to give you a 388 on base. Not much of a power hitter, but has been playing the field really well as well. Andrew Marisario, he's done a solid job being able to reach base, a 365 on base. He's been able to give you a few home runs, not much of a thumper, but just being able to get on base is progress for this Milwaukee Brewers team. They pick up Carlos Santana. It's not necessarily provided too much recently. He's gotten four home runs, but making buck seventy-seven. But I do think that for the Brewers, they are going to be able to get a good start here. And that Brewers offense that has been struggling, you know what a good antidote to that is? Going up against Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn and his 588 ERA, 5-10 fielding, depending, giving up north of two home runs per nine innings this year. Now, he's been able to get north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but in Dodger Blue, in his three starts, Two ERA misleading, though. He has pitched 18 innings, and he has given up four home runs in this time span. He is very lucky to be having just a two ERA. I do think that this is going to be going very much northward, and you've got a battle of two teams that have been very good with regards to their bullpens. So let's see... Beginning of the month of July, post-All-Star break, I think we are going to be cutting it off at post-All-Star break. These have been the top two bullpens with regards to ERA in the National League. Dodgers have been number one. Brewers have been number two. Brewers have the more dominant closer in this game in Devin Williams, in my opinion. I do think that Bruce Arter Gradrall is very good, by the way, for the LA Dodgers as Gradrall is also backed up by Caleb Ferguson and Phillips, 
We'll be able to give you a sub-275 ERA. And then Ryan Brazier, since coming over from the Red Sox, he's been able to do a nice job supplying a sub-2 ERA in Dodger Blue. Meanwhile, for the Brewers, Abner Uribe has been able to do a solid job. Joe Piams has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA as well. We've seen Alvis Piguero have his ups and downs, but Obi Milner has been able to do a solid job as well. Dodgers, no fans or bust about it. They've got the better lineup in this spot. You've got Mookie Betts, who's been able to give you north of 30 home runs. And for the Dodgers, they do a good job of being able to induce walks as well. Number one with regards to walks on a per at basis as well. Max Muncy hitting just 200, but 28 home runs. He's been able to give you north of a 330 on base. J.D. Martinez, 25 bombs this season. He's fresh off of a little bit of injury as well. So the Dodgers, they have the firepower with regards to the offense with Freddie Freeman hitting a 335 himself. But I think that the pitching mismatch here of Corbin Burns versus Lance Lynn is very big. And this is a Brewers bullpen that has really been able to step up. I did set my toilet at 8.9. I think that the Brewers are going to get to Lance Lynn. And I do think that Burns going to give up a few runs here for the Dodgers. But I am willing to trust in Corbin Burns, DK Network right-up pick. That is going to be on the money line of the Milwaukee Brewers. Any plus number will do it for me. And with regards to this total, going to be taking a look at the 8.5 over. 957, 958 on the main board. The Seattle Mariners, they throw the facing off against the Kansas City Royals. It is to be determined on the bump for the Royals. George Kirby is on the bump for the Mariners. No numbers up on this game. I pretty much have for the Royals on El Zerpa slash bullpen. I think that we're going to be seeing Zerpa quite a bit in this game, whether that be in a bulk roll, whether that be a maybe like being a opener de jour where he goes like three innings, something like that. And then he makes way for a Royals bullpen that has been royally awful. These guys are not good to say the least. You could see a little Maximo Castillo as well for Castillo. He's been a little bit of a long guy in the past for this team. They throw him out there, I know, on Tuesday. He's typically someone that'll give you like two, maybe three innings. He's got some good stuff, but just has never been able to put it together at the big league level. Ten punch outs in 18 and two-thirds innings thus far this season. Last time we saw Zerpa, it was a little bit less than Savory as well. 771 ERA. He threw four innings against the St. Louis Cardinals. Team got the win. Not necessarily thanks to him as he gave up five runs in that span. I know that they've been trotting out their chains with Carter a little bit. Taylor Hearn is someone with starting experience. You don't want him. Tucker Davidson is someone with starting experience. You don't want him. I mean, you just have a long list of guys with north of a 5 ERA. Meanwhile, for George Kirby, he doesn't have a 5 ERA, so that's terrific. For George Kirby, he has been the most accurate pitcher I've legitimately ever seen, and, and that bears out in the numbers. He's giving up more home runs than walks right now this season, and he doesn't give up a lot of home runs. 144 and two-thirds innings, he's given up 15 home runs and 14 walks. 0.9 walks per nine innings. He leads the American League in whip and strikeout to walk ratio, 311 ERA, and his home and road splits are very equal. At home, he's got 287 ERA, 338 on the road. He's been able to do a very solid job there, and he's backed up by a top three team with regards to bullpen ERA. The likes of Trent Thornton, along with Matt Brash, Isaiah Campbell, Justin Topa, Taylor Cicado, Andres Munoz. These guys have all been able to give you a sub-3-4 ERA. Now for the Seattle Mariners, biggest bugaboo for the team is just the overall batting average. You don't have a lot of guys moving the line, especially when J.P. Crawford is out of the fold, but you do have the thumpers in. And Eugenio Suarez, Oscar Hernandez, Julio Rodriguez, Cal Raleigh, all between 17 and 20 home runs. Really, the only of these guys hitting above 250 is Julio Rodriguez. You don't really have anyone with north of about a 320 on base, but nobody really below a 300 with regards to their on base. You've been able to get a little bit recently as well out of someone in Cade Marlowe, a little bit of a young guy that has come up, giving the team some nice at-bats. They've been dealing with Mike Ford currently being out of the fold. 
Meanwhile, for the Kansas City Royals, they stepped up a little bit with regards to their lineup. Bobby Wood Jr. is on a nice run, hitting for north of a 315 over the last 35 days. He's up to 23 home runs. Salvador Perez has 19 home runs as well. These are the only two guys, though, that entered into Wednesday with north of 12 home runs. You still have some dead bats in the lineup. You do have Michael Massey now hitting about at 230. Kyle Isabel along with Drew Waters. They're both hitting about at 240. This team doesn't draw a lot of walks, so they're still in the bottom five with regards to on-base percentage. There's still a bunch of things in the bottom five with regards to runs per game. I do think that Kirby and this bullpen are going to be able to get the job done. I said my total 9.1 just because I do think that the Mariners are going to be able to get to Zerpa and this bullpen. So, nine of us looking at the over nine and a half prior to the under. So, that's the Mariners at a minus 189. I need at least a plus one. I need to take a shot on the Royals. And for the Mariners at a minus 126 or less, I'd be willing to lay a run and a half with them. 959, 960 on the betting board. The Cleveland Guardians play those to the Detroit Tigers. Tariq Skubal goes for the Tigers, and Xavier Curry is on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland is an underdog. They are anywhere between plus 102 and minus 102. Minus 110 to minus 118 is your number on Detroit. 8.5 is the total, the over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 to a minus 115. And I did set the Guardians as a minus 118 favorite. With the Cleveland Guardians, once again, the power is not there for this team. They are dead last in the big leagues with regards to home runs as Jose Ramirez is right now the lone guy that's able to give you home run power because they are currently dealing with that injury to Josh Naylor. He's been able to give you 18 home runs. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they are going to need to pick it up with their batting average because they, last year, the Cleveland Guardians, made the playoffs even with not having a lot of thumping power. They were second worst in the big leagues with regards to home runs per game to only the Detroit Tigers, ironically enough. But you had the likes of Stephen Kwan, Will Brandon, Andre Semenes, Ahmed Rosario, guys like this hitting a 270 or higher. You only have these guys hitting north of, I would say, about a 255 right now. Stephen Kwan is hitting about a 275. I mean, you're without Ahmed Rosario because he got traded at the deadline. Cam Gallagher is the biggest dead bat that you're going to find in the big leagues. Meanwhile, on the flip side, you do have a Detroit Tigers team that all of a sudden Spencer Torkelson has been able to give the team some nice power as he's up to 21 home runs. We saw them be able to put on a nice power expose to sink by DK Network right a pick of the under yesterday in the under. But that said, Matt Feerling is now hitting about a 270. Riley Green, he's been able to hit about a 300 as well. But this is still a Tigers team that they are dead last in the big leagues. With regards to road batting average, Cleveland has been a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. And do I think that there's going to be a little bit of regression for Xavier Curry coming? Absolutely, but he's been able to do a rock-solid job all season long for the team, posting up a sub-3-3 ERA. Not much of a swing and miss guy. Curly, Curry barely gives you north of six strikeouts per nine innings, but does a good job being able to induce some soft contact, 3.39 ERA compared to a 4.31 fielding independent. And then for Scooble, they've been bringing him back rather slowly, starting to get it back up to his full normal workload, being able to go at least five innings in three out of his last four starts. But that is a little bit of a fear that the Tigers, they perhaps pull him a little bit early as he's been able to get 10 strikeouts to right around two walks per nine innings, has only given up one home run and it starts as far this season, but the Tigers bullpen does not quite match up with the Cleveland Guardians bullpen. The Guardians have been a top six team all season long with the guards bullpen here, even with James Karen check out of the full. You got the likes of Eli Morgan, Trevor Steven, Anya de los Santos, along with Emmanuel Classe, Michael Kelly, these guys all being able to give you a sub three five year. Meanwhile for the Detroit Tigers, got Andrew Vasquez Tyler Holton, along with Jason Foley, have all been able to give you a sub-3-3 ERA, but they had to use up a lot of bullpen pieces yesterday, and that is something that 
does scare you off a little bit, especially with Scubo being on a pretty short leash right now with his injury pass. But I think that this is going to be a very low-scoring game, set by total of 7.4. I think that we're going to be staring at ourselves a nice pitcher's duel. And I do think that the Guardians, with that depth in the bullpen, are able to pull it out. Looking at the Guardians on the money line and looking at this 8.5 over, we wrap things up with 961-962 on the betting board. The Boston Red Sox hit the road face-off against the Washington Nationals. Patrick Corbin goes for the Nats, and Chris Sales on the bump for the Red Sox. Red Sox are favorites of anywhere between minus 182 to minus 192. And between plus 170 to plus 175 is your number on Washington. 9.5 is the total. The under is minus 115. And the over, it is minus 105. And I set the Red Sox at a minus 204 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, getting that more around minus 120, I was willing to go up to a minus 133. Before Sale went on the injured list, this guy looked like the Chris Sale of old. The strikeout numbers were bad. He was doing a good job with the guards with his command. He was keeping the ball in the yard. Got a little bit unlucky towards the front part of the season. And his first start back off the injury list wasn't quite there, but still seven strikeouts in four and two-thirds innings against the Detroit Tigers. You can tell that they're bringing him back a little bit more slowly, but he's backed up by an okay bullpen. It's not great. It's not terrible. They're right around league average, but likes of John Schreiber, Josh Winkowski, Chris Martin have been able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA. Kenley Jansen has been able to do a solid job along with Brandon Bernardino in this bullpen as well. And they get to go up against Washington Nationals team that they are a bottom five team with regards to bullpen ERA. Credit where credit is due. Last two weeks, it has been a Washington Nationals bunch. has been a bit better with regards to the bullpen. You've been able to have Kyle Finnegan, Jordan Weems be able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Jose Ferraris looked a little bit more respectable as well, but you still have the likes of I don't know, like a Hobie Harris, Corey Abbott, Andres Machado, Joe De La Sorsa, Amos Willingham, all giving you north of a five-year race. So that's a bit of an issue, especially when you got Patrick Corbin on the mound. And Patrick Corbin has worked on the walks a little bit. He's giving up fewer than three walks per nine innings. Uh, command has not been too bad, but with the command being not too bad, when he misses, he typically misses over the plate and he gives up 1.6 home runs per nine innings, 485 ERA, but a 524 fielding independent for Patrick Corbin. He's 7-11 and with regards to his record, so he's always open to giving up a whole bunch of runs and with regards to Patrick Corbin as well. After a relatively solid start to the season. He has now given up three-plus runs in four out of his last five starts. He gave up just one run in his last start against the Phillies, but walked seven in that start as well. And to give you some pause now, Red Sox have a batting average that's right around 52 points lower on the road than it is at home. You've got a lot of guys that they just don't hit the same when they're on the road, like Jaron Duran, his on-base percentage is darn near 100 points lower when he's on the road rather than when he is at home. But now the team has Trevor Story back the fold as well. That should be able to help them out with regards to some of these splits. Pablo Reyes has been able to above a three-hunter. You've been able to have Rafael Devers be able to give you more home runs on the road than he has at home. 26 home runs up during yesterday. 15 of them have been on the road. And for the Washington Nationals, they move the line as the team is in the top eight with regards to batting average. Wayne Thomas, Joey Manessis, both hitting right around 280. But Thomas is really your lone thumper. He's been able to do a nice job with 20 home runs thus far this season. But that's that. Where is your form of power? You've got Key Bear Ruiz, who's been able to give you 14 home runs. Only other guy on the roster with at least 11 home runs. C.J. Abrams over the last 35 days has been able to right around 300. And then you do have the likes of Ilyarmo Vargas, Stone Garrett, guys like this. 
in between about a 245 to a 265 with also having Dom Smith be able to hit right around about a 270. But all in all, I do think that the Red Sox are going to be able to do a solid job of being able to keep the Nationals at bay. I do think that Chris Sale probably going to give up a few runs and he's going to be on a little bit of a shorter leash coming off the injured list. I did something until a 9.7 looking at the over, but I think the Red Sox offense gets to Patrick Corbin looking at this over to go along with that Red Sox run line. And that will wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. A big thanks to Matt Williams over at the Game Day MLB for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.